right, guys, I'm back with Rebecca Plum from Studio Plum, which, hi, by the way, should start with that. We chatted, it was episode 30, and it was in April. Okay. It's been, it's been a hot minute, and I've been watching your stories. You just finished the freaking One Room Challenge, which we're going to chat about a little later. Yeah. Wow, you went for it. You did like three rooms, three spaces, right? Three spaces. Yeah. Not a lot of square footage, but. Still intense. Still intense. So, Yeah. yeah, what's been going on with you? What's been going on? since we last chatted um yeah funny enough I went and I take like a solo retreat once or twice a year and just to it's the best I like where do you go can't recommend it enough sometimes I'll just book a hotel um this time I got like this tiny little cottage in Auburn which is like the foothills here and it was amazing it's like one bedroom tiny kitchen tiny table and chair like just like Goldilocks cabin yeah and I just do it so that there's like no distractions like there's I pick places that there's not a lot to do and I brought my monitor this time I was <laughs> like so did you go to work some to do work not to like sit and reflect or anything like that or is it a little maybe? I did a little bit of both I um did this like meditation kind of about manifestation actually you'd really like it um I did a day of kind of doing that which like actually I saw like I had some like breakthroughs kind of with some of my stuff um and then I just I was excited to talk to you because I (laughs) love talking to you I was so excited for this I was like you know what after this shit ass week I feel like you're the best person for me to talk to you right now. Oh, good. Okay, so you had some breakthroughs. Yeah, okay. And um, just interesting things about, like, why I kind of hold myself back in certain ways. And um, then I worked on processes, like, you know, us and our processes. So (laughs) (laughs) I committed to a project management. I committed to Trello. Good. Set some stuff up. And just some things like that. I could have used another day, but. Yeah. So how many times a year did you say you do that? At least two. And it's for like a whole weekend or just like a day or like a night? I did one night. I did two nights this time. Like I think two or three is ideal. And I just got me really thinking. I quite love this. Like if you go midweek, off season, or it doesn't even matter, but like it's cheap bring your own food. Like I try to make it so that I'm not distracted. Like I took a little walk to the town for half a morning, but. But I'm writing this down solar retreat. I feel like that's going to be a thing I want to leave into my year next year. You should. And do some, so I did some, so one of the things that I did do was I actually went and wrote down all of my successes and wins, things that I haven't actually like celebrated proper yeah and a little bit of the numbers like I did 37 consultations versus 13 last year yeah that's amazing and so I can kind of goal set and see some of those things that's awesome that's awesome and so sorry what's that I feel like all women should do it like I agree owner like I have a friend who does it and she organizes her photo albums or like 
It's just the stuff that never gets caught up on. I really, really, really like it. And I don't have kids. Like I can see this being extra amazing when you like have children as well. But I mean, even just, just the not distraction and like, um, it's, it's funny. Like I started and I haven't done it in a while and I feel like I should get back to it. I've started, um, sometimes when I get in my car, cause I feel like I'm either on my laptop working and if I'm doing something else, I'm like, I must listen to a podcast and it does it. I haven't listened to business podcasts in quite a while, if I'm being honest. Like I, I, I prefer, I've been more preferring to just be entertained in some way, like where I don't have to super actively listen. But now I'll go in my car and I, I'm like, no, just, just drive, nothing, no music, nothing. And just yeah. like allow myself to think a little bit, yeah. which is really, really key. And I think I need, I need to carve out time before January and just give myself that too. Like, do it. Just the time right. away. I have a, um, somebody sent me like a document of questions to ask yourself. So I'll send them to you. Oh, please do. And so, okay. What, like, what is, has anything major changed in your business since we last chatted? Like what has been some ahas that you've had, some weird experiences, any of the above? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Let me see. I... Like looking back at my like year of successes, I really saw, I stopped pushing myself with client work in June. Meaning? I hadn't, I hadn't really done any big installs. Um, I wasn't really taking that kind of work on, um, avoiding it in a little bit of a way, which is interesting. Um, Like uh, consciously avoiding it or in hindsight avoiding it? Like when you reflect on it? Um, I think not super consciously. Like I was really doing a ton of, um, just doing more designer on call, like smaller packages, a lot of consultations, which I still just love one-off consultations. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, um, I was just keeping it pretty small. Um, so, and I think I started getting overwhelmed by the business of interior design. Yeah, man. We all yeah, know. I feel you. And just kind of like unsure if I could manage all of the purchasing cycling. And I was just, I don't know. I think I was just getting scared, honestly. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so one of the things that I wrote down from my um, meditation on my retreat, you want me to tell you? Yeah, I do. So this came up like in meditation is weird, but so this is not like a bash on my mother at all, but she was a little bit distracted because I have pretty crazy younger brothers and I'm the oldest. And I realized that I was forced to teach myself a lot. Um, And I eventually it became my MO. Like I am a self-taught person. I prefer to kind of go on my own and do that. But it became a cycle of this pattern. So if I'm self-taught, then my decision or I realize I'm not doing it correctly. That's what I tell myself. Mm -hmm. Means that I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. Puts me in a shame spiral. Mm -hmm. And then I can give up. Mm -hmm. And then I start over. 
something new <clears throat> something new yeah where you're in the like high of the new feeling good mm-hmm. until, the until I teach myself and I don't like get a degree or I still don't think I need a degree I just need to mm-hmm. reframe that my way isn't the correct way or yeah I relate to that very hard I do relate to that a lot. So curious, like when you say you're meditating, are you doing like a silent, like on your own, like self-guided? Are you um, listening to something? And how long does that go on for? This one I listened to, um, she, her website is called to be magnetic and she's about, um, learning how to manifest. Mm. Mm -hmm. I like me some manifestation. So, so what do you feel about that? Like, Did you feel like, with regards to the interior design, were you kind of already thinking about, this isn't it, I don't want to do this anymore? And that's, like, were you already kind of on the path of thinking of something the new? No, like, that's the thing is, I, there's nothing else that I want to do, or I'm not looking for a shiny object. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've just been like sitting with myself, like, what part of this business do I want to focus on? what is like, I know you can relate, like what is the fear coming up versus actual something I don't like? Yeah. Or what can I outsource? Like, can I outsource some of that stuff? Am I being scared or am I not on the right path? Oh my God. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. It's like, it's such a hard one to answer. So it's like, is this my intuition or am I being self-destructive? Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't exactly. Know. Yeah. And so like coming up with that little understanding that cycle of myself, then I can actually catch when it's like me doing negative self-talk. So I was, I just wrote, like I teach myself and then I don't fully trust results or my talent and skills. And that leads to shame and comparison. And then I may give up and start over. And I found some different areas in my past that I've done that. So I feel good that I've pinpointed that. And I think the last six months, I've been putting myself out there. And obviously I've been working, but without like a full goal in mind. Mm-hmm. So more treading water, which I think I just needed to just process some of this stuff. And I feel better. I've actually like brought on an assistant. Nice. Which was a big thing I have not done. And I started outsourcing floor plans. Oh, nice. Like get over some of these things that are just holding me back better. It's so funny. I am like relating to you very, it's the idea of outsourcing to me is also like difficult yeah, like when you say floor plans, you mean like what? What do you mean? What program is it? A specific program you're looking for, and what does that look like? Just so, like you basically, I just started. So yeah. part of it was like I was not doing it because I'm like, oh, my sketches are terrible. I take these <laughs> random photos. This person's going to be confused. I'm not going to. It's going to take me so long to package it up. Yeah, just do this stupid thing. But <sighs> the floor plan like stage was like slowing my process down so much because I wasn't getting to it. Mm-hmm. so I just started I haven't gotten him back yet but she works in SketchUp and she'll give me the native files so she'll do one like furniture layout but then I plan on just being able to edit um so you basically what do you do you send her the measurements and then you say this is where I want you to put the chairs or she's the one figuring out where to put the things 
she wants um, direction. So yeah, mm-hmm. like just put a one sofa, sense. two chairs flanking it. Yeah. Coffee table to scale. And then I'll be able to kind of see what fits well. And then I'll source. And is it 3D or just the... Uh, she does everything. So I'm just doing 2D floor plans yeah. for now. But if I have a client, like if this all works out, she can do full 3D. Amazing. Oh, yeah. it's so weird. Oh, hold on. I think, okay, hold, pause. <laughs> I'm on a podcast. Oh, I can't speak. <laughs> I'm on a podcast call. It's okay. I'm <laughs> home. <laughs> early. I was actually going to warn them. Normally I warn them because I was like, uh, it's, you know, it's December. Like maybe they're, anyway, whatever. Um, uh, words. Yeah, it's so interesting to me because I feel like the way you describe your year is similar how I feel about my year, which is it's been like, I feel like I somewhat like unconsciously pumped the brakes a little bit myself and I was like trying to figure some of my own stuff out and, mm-hmm. and um and now I have like better clients, the ones that I have with the exception of this recent one that just went down. But, um, okay. but it's, it's interesting. Cause like, I don't know if it's as similar for you. It's like, I just like the anxiety part of me is what freaks me out and scares me. That has me put pump the brakes because I'm afraid of like the overwhelm. And, and when, you, when we first started this business, I don't think I know I didn't understand just how intense and how many moving pieces there are to this business. Exactly. And that's part of my fear of growing is that's just, there's just me more of the stuff of all of the details that I get nervous that, yeah, I, things are going to slip through the cracks because it's not where I shine and I don't really like the detail. I like the details when I like them, but yeah. If I'm not for details, like, yeah, it's it's so crazy too. Like I was talking to, shout out to Andrew McQueen. We've been talking a lot. Um, just like this whole thing that had gone down, um, with the holiday decorating fiasco people, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can go to my Facebook and search holiday decorating disaster. Um, and you can hear the story, but, um, just the, 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 the thing for me that I love the most is the styling, like the finishing touches, mm-hmm. but I'm getting to a point where it's just, it's the most exhausting and intensive and like, it's so much intense work and like physical work. Right. right. And it's, it's making me start to hate it. Mm-hmm. That's really not good. <laughs> well, especially if it's not profitable. Well, that doesn't help you like it either. Right. Oh. So, so it's interesting because I, I, we were talking and I said, well, you know, because I, I always say like, well, I'm not just going to take on styling only projects because of how difficult it is, right? Um, and you don't know the clients as well. So there's that element. But we were talking and it was like, no, I, that's not the answer necessarily. It's like, I need to sit down and really think about how can I do this? Because I do love it. If I can do it in a way that isn't going to, be so overwhelming and intense and like kill my body like how can that how can I do that right right and there's like a cost to it so it's like I've never had an assistant on an install before like maybe that would make me love it maybe if I had yeah. a few people running around doing tags and unloading trucks and cars of pillows and I could just yeah 
do this, do that, move that. Like maybe I'd love it a lot more. So take, that's what I'm trying to do is like, now that I've done everything there is to do pretty much in my business now, like what are the pieces that I can hand off Yeah, and find people that are going to excel yeah, and that's hard. I needed the most in what am I going to be the best at? What are my clients going to be the most happy with? And that's me in the idea phase. That's me talking through problems, communicating with vendors. Yeah. So I feel a lot better the last couple of weeks, actually. Things are kind of starting to like appear. Like I met this really amazing contractor who like, I haven't had that contractor in my back pocket that I've been wanting. And he's in the same position as I am, but on the contractor side. And it turns out we had an overlapping client. Like I handed off plans and that was it. And he did it. No way. Yeah. And they were awesome. So I feel like, here we go. The universe is kind of showing me little signposts of keep going, like figuring it out. This podcast is supported by Ultralux Linens. And guess what, guys? I got my new living room drapes. And of course, it was Ultralux Linens that made them. And they're absolute pure perfection. So I have never owned real drapes before. No, I've owned real drapes. I haven't owned custom drapes before. And so I really feel like I've made it. And I love them because they don't flare on the bottom, which is a huge pet peeve of mine. I don't like a really bulky drape. And so when they arrived... They were perfectly accordion folded. Don't think that's the technical term for it, but they were perfect and they went in and it's like it transformed my living room. They are made perfectly. The pleat is perfect. I'm, the length was perfect. Everything was amazing. And I've got more drapes coming in. It's like they're coming. They're coming fast and furious. I've got my bedroom and I've got my music nook and dining room next. So I'll keep you posted. But guys, they carry over 75 different fabric brands. And the great thing is it's all under one roof. You're going to get the exact same designer pricing you'd get if you went to all of these brands direct. You can tell them about new brands you're interested in in case they don't happen to have them. And she will absolutely try to get those for you. They have towels. You can pick the colors that you want. They have bed linens. You can get custom duvet covers made. Again, just pick any old fabric you want. Get exactly what you need. Bingo, bango. You are done. And... There's so much more. They carry so many different things. It's incredible. If you are not already following them on Instagram, go to Ultralux Linens, follow them. Let's give them a little love. Also go to ultraluxlinens.com. And if you are in the GTA and you are at the Toronto International Design Center, they are suite 202 on the second floor. So go check them out, guys. They're amazing. This podcast is also supported by Vintage Print Gallery. Vintage Print Gallery is a growing company based in New Jersey, and the name actually comes from the fact that they have a huge archive of original prints and antique books, and they actually use a lot of that to draw inspiration for a lot of their pieces. But what's really cool about this company is that they can customize pretty much anything from start to finish. You can pick the size of the print, the size of the mat what frame you want. And they got tons of cool frames to pick from. They also have a huge team of graphic designers and painters. And the piece that I selected is actually by an artist named Laura Campbell. And she created this beautiful abstract, which I got to tell you, if when you see this in my living room, it actually looks like it was painted 
and commissioned by me for my living room because it feels like the green is almost the exact right color in relation to our wall colors, which is green. And I went fairly large scale. I think the piece is actually almost 38 inches high. I forget what the width is, but it's basically going to be the perfect focal point for our living room. So if you want to learn more about this company, go to vintageprintgallery.com and you can actually set up an account and go check out their amazing, amazing assortment of prints. I, I find that happens so much. Like I was saying, probably in the last month, because this was a hard year for me for lots of reasons, but like, I, I was like, I'm feeling a shift. I feel a shift. Like there's a shift happening and, and then, you know, you feel a shift and then all of a sudden, it's, it's just incredible to me how much I can be on a high one month and like literally wanting to cry with gratitude. Like I tell this to Dave and I'm just like, I can't believe it's my life and I just created it. I wanted to do it. I'm doing it. And then all of a sudden now I'm like crying because I'm like having a terrible experience and I'm going, why do I do this? Like, can I do this? I, you know, it's just, this is a really freaking hard business. <laughs> It is. And it's, I mean, being in business for yourself is so personal anyway, no matter what, like you're putting yourself out there, you're putting your face out there. And when you're creative, like it's, you're like part of your soul that if somebody crushes it, it hurts. Like Mm -hmm. experienced. Um, you should really look into this manifestation thing. Um, she talks a lot about the to be magnetic. Yeah. Talks about like, when you're on your path to your manifestation, the universe is going to send you tests. Oh. And some of them are really big. And like the one you probably just had a test. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, I really like that. That's such a nicer way to reframe it. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is so Make funny. Make sure that it's what you really want. Like it's, and you yeah. That is so, like, I just said to you, like, after the shittiest week, I feel like you're, like, the best person to talk to, (laughs) and, um, like, that's such a, like, that's such a nice, isn't that so? So Here's the note that I wrote when I was doing it, Um, Mm -hmm. so she's all, manifestation is all about your self-worth matching what you want, so you have to be vibrating at the right, same frequency as what you want. And the universe tests us with red flags, trying to tell us not to settle before our manifestation happens. Oh, man. That's good. So, you... Are you listening to a a podcast? How are you? Are you reading? Is there audio? (laughs) No, she does. They're like, it's almost, it's a teachable. So, it's like a, a course of videos. But I think there's an app that you can listen to them too. Okay. Um, I just started it. But yeah, so like the next time the universe, like that test came up and you didn't mind the red flags for whatever reason, mm-hmm. the next time something like that comes up, you're going to say, uh, <laughs> I see what this is. I'm not going to fall. Yeah. And you know what? We were talking earlier about, I I think it's, I should probably take a hot minute and sit and think about it and try to identify red flags that I missed. I, like I said, I'm, I'm struggling to think of them, but I'm sure if I sat down a little harder and thought about it a little harder. Well, you were seeing, you were seeing in your video about you wanting the next step of work. So you may have been ignoring things because you were excited about the potential and the possibility of working with a big house like that which 
that's yeah, totally I mean, we're in the pants neighborhood, right? Right. Yeah. So when you said earlier, um, the you were doing a lot more consultation designer on call. First of all, um, has your I think we talked about designer on call before, but what has that been looking like? The designer on call for you? It's basically me um, selling a set of hours to just. Get, sometimes I'll do like a little floor plan and a basic design direction, like colors and everything. And then they can source themselves. And you're like helping feed in and like, oh, yeah. maybe not that, maybe that. Yeah. But it's, it's just too much busy work. Like I knew it going into it, but now I know for sure. And it makes me not be invested because it's not my design. Yeah. It, it is hard. I find it, it's hard for, I also like stuff like that. I had considered, I'd done a few before, but I'm like, I don't feel good. Like I have friends and family and I'm sure everybody does, but you know, they text you like, well, which countertop this one or this one is like, okay, you're my family. So I'm not going to be an asshole to you, but well, I don't know what wall color you have. Like, I don't, I said to my one cousin, well, first of all, I don't feel comfortable you making a potentially five grand plus decision based on my input through a text. And I have no idea what this looks like in real life. You know? So I said from this photo alone, a, you know, option a, but like, don't make decision based on me because I don't feel good about that. And that's not a liability I'd like to take on. So it's the same thing with like, you know, when you're doing the designer on call type stuff, that's how I've, I felt like I'd done some stuff over the phone and like some of this type of stuff. And, and they're just, it's hard to give answers to something I find when you're like, well, I mean, what tile would I use? I mean, it could be anything. There's so many other decisions like to make in order for that. Like, yeah. And I haven't done like so much with materials um, and renovations, but more like, okay, she wants her dining room. She knows pretty much what she wants. She's got like a Pinterest of a million things. That's helpful. Um, so I'll like hone it down. Like, okay, here's the colors we're using the materials you should be looking for. And here's the scale of stuff. Cause I drew the floor plan and then they can hunt way fair to their heart's desires but I don't know it's just a lot of this is a lot of busy work for somebody and busy work in what sense on that front someone's they're sending me an email like what about this what about this or and then I'll give an answer but then they found a sale and it's something different and then I'm like now I don't even know what you're doing anymore yeah. And you feel like, it, yeah, I know that is scary. You're like, what's this end result going to be? And I feel a little like it's out of my control. And- but I don't take responsibility for it though. Like, and then I don't photograph the work. So I have like no new photos either. Cause I've been just doing these kind of half-assed projects Yeah, that I don't feel like are mine. Um, so that's been me. I don't know. I think that's just been me hanging back and being small for some of the reasons we talked about in the beginning, but also. And in, in the new year, you're hoping to do more like full scale stuff. Yeah. I already have a few. So I've been saying like, I have so many projects right now that are signed, which is great, but, um, but yeah, more full scale. I'm going to like dig into renovation. Like I haven't before and go back into selling furniture because the only way to make money like yeah I have to be really clear about that and find my clients like 
I'm in all these Facebook groups and I get kind of my name passed around through like these different moms and they're all lovely women and lovely people, but they're probably can't afford full service necessarily. Some can, some can't. So I just have to like be there for a consultation and then have a, just have a no. Yeah. Be able to say no. Yeah, exactly. That's what I've been doing. Like after um, my conversation with the Blair ends, the pricing creativity, I, I kind of sat back and I thought, okay, well, cause I had been just going, Oh, I'm going to only have big projects all year. And, and anyways, I got a little ahead of myself. And as a result, like, you know, so now, now I'm like, okay, I'm going to provide, I have consultation options. So it's like my current consultation price is the lowest tier. So basically using the philosophy he talked about, which is like the different tiers and trying to get them into the middle, like the highest yeah. price isn't the one you're trying to get them to buy, but you're trying to get them upsell them from what the lowest price would have been. So for me, it's 450, but if I can get them into tier two, that means every consultation I do next year is like making me more money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then being really clear about what you get for tier one, which is you get nothing other than me showing up for two hours and leaving. Like, and that just sets the precedent too. Cause I always leave going, oh, I feel like you should send something more, even though that technically wasn't part of the deal. But if they're right. by what they pick, they know they're not getting that. Right. Right. Um, and trying to come up with ways to make like, you know, we have to pay our bills. I do. So how can I create a consultation? Like, cause I'm like you, an in and out type deal where there's no lingering stuff happening. Yeah. is great. So how can I create a better package for people who maybe don't have the right budget for me, but I can still be giving them great value. And, and what are you adding to? So here's what I did. I basically did um, tier one is my current consultation four fifty. It's two hours in and out done. Tier two is you get a consultation summary after it. Um, I'm actually going to pull it up. And so I, I, the pricing might not be totally right. I might play with the pricing. So it's six fifty for consultation plus. I'm calling it, and you get an, oh sorry, you get um, yeah the summary. What's not included is an hour of additional sourcing. So the highest tier you get an hour of additional sourcing. So we do two hours, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do an hour of additional whatever. But just for an hour, I go home for an hour. I'm going to bang out a couple more things for you. Send that to you. They get three follow up questions. And then they get um, the consultation summary. So it goes down from there. So it basically says you get all that in the premium one, which is $1,050 plus tax. Plus you you don't get the additional hour of sourcing or questions, follow-up questions, but you get a consultation summary where it's like what we talked about in a... Right, and maybe some links. Yeah, and... I basically, um, yeah. And then the lowest is I just come in for two hours at the end. I can send you anything we've talked about right there. I'll take the last 15 minutes to do that if you need me to, or we'll just keep going. If you feel good about retaining information and, and taking your own notes. And I've only sent this a couple times now. Um, and 450 is also the lowest tier is for people who want full service. So that's for people who, if we're doing full service, that's us talking about ideas and getting the scope and the output of that. So if we're talking about full service, you're automatically the, the lowest level because we're not trying to get you more value bang for your buck. Kind of going to proposal. And then I also have a, you can add an hour, additional hour. So we can have a three hour, like super intensive session. And that's an additional dollar, uh, uh, 175. Yeah. Veronica does like that power hour, I think. Yeah. 
um, where I think she'll like tuck on like, and she'll stay another hour and like, yeah, get out her iPad and sort stuff right there or move exactly. around or exactly. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, in here, I feel like there's definitely great options if you're somebody who just wants to, you know, not do a full service because you can't afford it, but you, I can hopefully upcharge it to like at least the middle one, which maybe I need to charge more. I don't know. I have to play with the numbers still and see how they kind of respond to them. But also for me, it's just like some people don't see value in the notes. It's basically what he talked about was like, not everybody values the same thing. So like I kept talking about, I only want to do full service. And I want to make sure I don't leave garbage behind and I don't do this and that the styling is ready for a magazine. But, but the truth is not everybody values that. So if I show up with that price tag and say, this is what it costs for me to do it, they might not do it. But if I say, okay, or I can come in with some gentle styling, it's not going to be like magazine ready, but it'll feel a little bit more, whatever. You're going to have to take care of your own garbage at the end. That's fine. Cause now they've also been managed their expectations as far as what the outcome is right and you can still give them something as long as you feel like we define what that lowest level tier is based on how busy we are not busy and how much we like the client but on the headache really like you're not exactly it's not like it's basically after the consultation understanding the client and okay normally I wouldn't do additional work but for this client they're great and I maybe need the money right now here's the three options that you were willing to invest this okay well that's the lowest tier and here's what you can get for that I, again making sure there's like a minimum like there's definitely a minimum we're willing to accept we do you do floor plans, plans at all yeah in this? oh in what in this and so yeah. in the consultations if i'm doing like a power session consultation where i know there's not full service happening i often do uh, consult uh floor plans on the spot i do it in sketchup which is fairly quick um, sketchup's amazing Oh yeah. SketchUp's amazing. I'm telling you what you should, do you have SketchUp? Yeah. Are you using layout or so, so what I do on the spot is if I am taking it, I will screenshot it and get it a PDF and send it to them. But, but for me, it's just like, I might just screen, like uh, take a screen grab and email it in an email if there's not additional work, but I basically, I'll take the measurements, SketchUp super fast with the like ruler. Like to me, that was revolutionary for consultation. Yeah how fast you could be like, okay, here's how much space we need for the hallway and whatever. So I will do, I basically will do whatever in the consultation. I say, you need to prioritize what's important. If the number one thing for you is floor plan, let's bang it out as well as we can. Know that two hours goes fast. I can't design your entire home, but I'm going to try to guide you as best as possible in the two hours. And I'll check in. Like, is this enough? Do you feel good about this? Do you want to exhaust more ideas? Like, do you want me to keep focusing? And I just check in a lot. Hmm. Cool. I basically do whatever they want. Um, The floor plan sometimes can be, like, if it's a really hard room, I say we could be doing the floor plan the whole time and it still might not be perfect after at the end of it. Yeah, I haven't done floor plans on site, so that's a good idea. But, yeah, I mean, I basically do whatever they want. But, like, looking, like, I mean, I made 10 grand on consoles last year and that's, like, barely trying and I need to raise my prices. Yeah. What are you charging for consultations right now? 250 for two hours or an hour and a half? Two hours. Yeah. You definitely need to up that. Especially if you're like, cause I do hear about people talking about how like consultation people do just consultations in businesses. And I can totally see how profitable that could be. 
I debated it. I think I heard it maybe on your group and I'm like, okay. You know what you should do? If you don't feel great about raising your consultation rate, make the two fifty that you keep make the two fifty like come up with this concept where the two fifty is the lowest and figure out what they get for that. Tier it. And tier it up and try to get them to move to the second tier. Mm-hmm. Right? So like because you're like you're like, oh, I'm scared to, you know, approach it that way and make tier two look really, really favorable compared to tier one at 250. But if if people just want to do tier one, well, whatever. Uh, hopefully you're you're investing less in that time. Totally. No, it makes sense because I think there are a lot of people that will only be able to afford an interior designer for this one-off situation, yeah. which I'm really upfront. Like you are not like, I don't necessarily want to write a proposal for you because most people aren't going to be able to do it. So Exactly. I agree. It's like, um, I want yeah, to throw like around those numbers now. I feel much better about throwing around numbers of how much time takes for rooms based on like having reviewed projects. But, um, but like to me, I think about, and I was talking to, I think it was, I, I always go back to her, Jacqueline Harper. Yeah, Jacqueline Harper. And she's like, I think she charges like almost $800 for a consultation. And I'm like, damn girl, you're amazing. And she's like, it's true. Like we give so much value now, not every person is going to feel the value as much as another person. Like it just, it's just the reality is they won't. But if I can give you a really clear floor plan, tell you what size furniture source, a couple stuff on the spot for you, like, and tell you like, no, don't do that idea you're thinking about because of X, Y, Z, but instead do this. That is pretty damn valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that's awesome. I'm getting an iPad for Christmas. My husband just told me. So that's like my goal is to try to like up my game on the spot. Yeah. It's funny because I would think about getting the Surface. Um, mm. Is it the Microsoft Surface? Because I feel like it comes apart and it's big and it's like I could be using like SketchUp from a Surface or taking notes on that. Um, but anyway, whatever. I'm not there yet. But it's hard. I mean, Yeah. Well, and I just realized, so that's kind of what we were talking about, like how much just like fear was driving me. Like I have, like, I think we talked about this before. Like I owned a business before and I had staff and a full like brick and mortar and all that. And that didn't end overly well. So I have PTSD from like, like I'm just scared that I'm not going to be a good manager scared of like leveling up with other people so I just had another moment where this woman that I kind of know from social media I bumped into her and she reached back out to me and said you know she went to school for interior design and she's been wanting to get back into it and she'll do anything to get involved and to help me so so that was a great experience. She's been working with me for the last couple of weeks, just 10 hours a week. Yeah. So that's your assistant? Yeah. So I started just pulling the trigger on it and um, we just started, but yeah, like it's helping me. It's forcing me to like commit to things, write them down. Yeah. You know, it's so true. Yeah. It it's really is. so true. I needed that accountability on the like back end of the business. So, mm-hmm. so when you were saying you're talking about, uh, you were creating some processes when you were doing your solo retreat, what, what type of processes have you been focusing on in Trello, for example? 
Well, I hadn't been using Trello at all. So I um, went through and I built a bunch of boards. I kind of like narrowed down, like, how do I want these boards to work? So I'm handing off and just like the overall workflow of all these freaking apps that I have to use. Yeah. So I'm still team Dubsado for all of project kickoffs. Yeah. Well, no, contracts and lead generation. Then I, once I get a signed contract and payment, then we project manage in Trello. And if it's product sourcing, then I also have IV. Yeah. And then Trello will overarch. So I just kind of built out my, we've been, we were just doing it yesterday. So what does a client onboarding look like? Every single thing that needs to be filled out. Where can we automate? Everything's going to be inputted into all these systems and trying to find bridges through some of them. But like, yeah. clients, like Zapier, do you use Zapier? Um, I've done it. Dubsado just started bringing more zaps in. So I have to look at what can be done. I think- I'm sorry for people listening in case they're like, what are you talking about? Zapier is like, a, I don't know, how would you describe it? It's like a software tool that you can say, if somebody fills out a lead form on my website, it's like, if this, then that is also another app that does a similar thing. Like if this yeah. action happens, you can set like actions in Zapier to do other things. Like if somebody fills out my Dubsado form, it can be added to my email list in a different software platform and stuff like yes. that. That's like the worst explanation if, of Zapier. But. No, it's, yeah, you build these little recipes for action. That's it, yeah. Um, Make your life a little easier. Yeah, so I have a Zap that... Well, now it's actually oops, a Dubsado workflow that when a client signs a contract, then it emails her and I that we're ready to do our onboarding checklist, which is in a template in Trello. So that we input everything that needs to be in there and then yeah. I'll have it all on hand. Like right now, I just don't always have all the information I need, like at any moment in time. Yeah. Because it's just a lot of like inputting of stuff. I know. Which again too. I know. I've actually I started working. I need to sit down. I just haven't had like real time to sit and do the. I like. I need the retreat. I might just solo retreat in my office. I don't think that counts though. But um, but yeah, I've been trying to really flesh out um my client journey as well and just eliminate the brain power that goes into that repeatable process. Like I don't want to. I just want to automate 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 yeah and I started but then I never finished. are you still using Dubsado I am but my plan is actually going to be because I use um I use I am drawing a blank oh active campaign oh right. active campaign has for for my email marketing and I'm trying to just streamline like why I have things in more than one place so active campaign also has a CRM portion like you have to add it on. And I actually went to a workshop that they hosted in Toronto and it's all amazing. So I want to, I want to basically turn out, I want to take everything out of Dubsado and automate it. All of that client process through active campaign. So it's just like a one place, mm-hmm. um, paying for one plate thing and not having like a bunch of different areas. Totally. So the contract part is the only piece that's a little like not connected, but I figure whatever I can just, put it like do hello sign or just figure my way around that but um 
but I am still using Dubs Auto, but I, I just want to, I just want to simplify the amount of tools I'm using if I can. I know. I know. And I like, then I add another one and I'm like, what I know. But then it's like, okay, but this $25 is less than a human body in yeah. my office all day. So that's a really good way to look at it actually. <laughs> yeah. Like it's one hour of a human's time versus I get all this stuff for a month. If you exactly. Use yeah. So one of the other things I committed to, um, I have a friend who she's a big designer, design influencer, um, Shavonda Gardner. She's local to Sacramento and she came to my house. She walked into this room that I'm in right now, which is mm-hmm. our dining room slash used to be a formal living room. And it's gigantic. Yeah. Amazing. But we have, we just use it for a dining room, like a few times a year. She's yeah. Like, this needs to be your office. Oh, I like where she's uh, Yeah. I mean, this room is probably like 20 by 15 feet. Is it going to be your office? Yeah. So I started moving things around um, for the family. And everybody's on board? Yeah. I had to pitch it to my husband, but we, we have the room for it. So <laughs> that's amazing. That's so awesome. Um, yeah, I feel like, okay, my office is not big by any stretch of the imagination and it's definitely not done right now. I'm still like moving in, but I made some big changes after our reno and it feels so much better in here. I mean, it's yeah. a right now, but, um, like I'm, I'm getting drapes next, like I think next week, by the way, I'm very excited, mm-hmm. but, um, it makes such a difference to feel good about like where you're working. Well, yeah, and I haven't been collecting samples like I should. Like, I haven't been building the library. Like, I know you've talked about that. Like, I just, and now that I have someone here to help me, like, I feel like, okay. Yeah, it's time for sure. Make it right. Yeah. Not going to invest a ton of money in this part right now, but I'm just like. It's so exciting. To have things have a place is like, oh, so good. So good. So, okay, can we talk about the one room challenge? Yeah. So are you going to do it again? At some point. I don't know. I, so this, the, the fall was my third one in a row. So yeah. we had our kitchen last fall, our backyard patio in the spring, and then we just did our mudroom, bathroom, and laundry room area. Which I love. That yeah. is amazing. Oh, so good. Yeah. Um, so last, this one that we just did was kind of a spur of the moment decision. Um, it was doable with just me and my dad because it just was a I was going to ask you, like, it was your dad, right? That did a lot of the work? Like, what a champ. All, all of it. Oh he basically God. did all of it. He did a yeah. great job. I know. And he's 74 years old. Like, I feel bad that he's doing it, but... It was doable for that scale of what we did. Yeah. I love the photo of him at the end too. Like very, very mm. sweet. Okay. I have questions. Mm-hmm. How did he make the pegboard thing? Yeah. Bells? How did he do that? It's just a big sheet of plywood. And he bought this jig that drills holes in um, perfectly square. Yeah. So they're straight in so we could put dowels in for pegs. Oh, right. So you're saying like, so that they wouldn't be like accidentally like on an angle. 
Oh, and then the pegs are what exactly? I mean, they're they're like wrote this in the, I don't read. (laughs) (laughs) They're just like three eighth inch dowels. And then I bought those wooden balls that go on the ends. I love it. Um, And just painted them. Okay. Really crafty. Yeah. And I, I loved how you, um, the inspiration, I liked how, because that happens to me. I mean, it happens to all of us, I'm sure. You just like randomly see something. I think you said it was like a crate and barrel, something that you saw that inspired how to do your wainscoting, if we call it that. But yeah, yeah. I loved that. And I related to that. And I, I think, yeah, I think that this is one of the things why um, what we do is cool and why we bring so much to clients too, because we are just like, I don't know about you, but the only people I, the only stuff I follow on my Instagram is design related. Like maybe less than 5% might be a friend or fan, but it's, I keep it very, this is design, my design world. And you just see so much all of the, all the time at like, you just see something that inspires like, Oh, and I love that. Yeah. And I knew I was looking for a wainscoting, but it's like our home was built in 1960. It's a mid century kind of ranch. And I didn't want it to look like shiplap. Like Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure it wasn't, I don't know. Or the plate, although it's probably, yeah. but um, yeah, so that yeah, it was a crane barrel lighting ad that I saw a wood treatment. I'm like, yeah, so funny. And so, like, what and basically, you just showed your dad, you showed him how, and then he came up with like how he would pull that together, like the materials to make that happen. Yeah, we're both very similar to where we're I'm like, okay, dad, I have this idea. Yeah, here's a picture how can we build it? And he has like an engineering kind of mind and a little bit of a background. So he can just start figuring it out. And like, I could send him off to tinker in his head and then well, he'll come back with a solution, but it's going to cost $5,000. Like, well, no, we're not <laughs> school, like all this stuff, figure out another way. Mm-hmm. So we have a good relationship to be able to like a creative relationship yeah um yeah so let's so will I do it again yes but the rooms that we have left are like either major furniture overhauls or a pretty big bathroom renovation Mm -hmm. so I just don't think I can get the sponsorship quite for that so How, how much I mean as much as you want to answer this like Cause I think what's your advice for sponsorship and like, how would you say like you got pretty decent sponsorship out of this that made it worth your while? Totally. Yeah. So the way the sponsorships have worked, I've built up on it, everyone, every challenge, but people, especially the around the one room challenge or something that has media and press already around it so it wasn't necessarily only relying on my following because other people are looking and sharing and oh yeah there's a captive audience literally Mm -hmm. so yeah I just had a lot of people say yes I mean and you I assume you put together a media kit of sorts I did but I didn't use it that much this time okay well what I'm realizing you have to find the right size company to match your following. I've found 
that kind of middle to smaller size companies that have a marketing one or two people, they're looking for content. They have to go shoot product. It's expensive to do that. So it's cheaper for them to donate product to me and use my photos than to go and establish a whole photo campaign. Right. And so like, give me an example of a, I mean, I saw the list of your vendors, like, I guess it's the more major vendors or is that, sorry, I'm scrolling back down. That's all there with me. Um, So, I mean, like Lumens, for example, would you consider them like to fall into that category? Of the small, the medium? Yeah. They are, I don't know, in my head, I feel like they're kind of big-ish, but yeah. yeah. So they're that, local. So they're local to Sacramento. Oh. So they're headquartered here. So I, and this is just like, you just never know where people are going to connect you. So we'll just be out there. But my work in Creative Mornings, the marketing director would would attend. I had no idea. And so when I reached out to her, she already knew me. She'd followed my last one room challenge and um she does influence her collaborations with her company already or with their company so she just said yes and like took it on so yeah I mean they were very generous they're amazing to work with um the experience with a company like that is they upgraded my choices basically (laughs) So I would have already done a pendant lighting in my, so in my like patio dining area last year or yeah. spring, or I would have done a vanity light already, but now I can do Hudson Valley and like I was yeah. able to upgrade my options outside of my budget. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I want to do the one room challenge next year. I just want to do my entryway. It's a very small space. And, you know, I, I need to get it done. And I've been wanting to do this one room challenge for a while. So I'm, I'm hoping I can make it happen this year. I forget. When does it happen again? April. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was told, I was talking to somebody a few weeks ago and she was saying like, yeah, you do need to get started thinking about it probably in January. You, you would be you smart to, to do that. Yeah. I didn't start until two weeks before. And so it was kind of a mad rush, but. Did you get her done on time too, though? Oh Yeah. The only thing I really needed to source, so the tile, so Villa. I love the tile. It's amazing. They are such a cool company. I had no idea. Like their patterns are like, their cement tile, they're based in Florida. And they do everything like, they have um, ready to ship, but they have this custom program where you Mm -hmm. can design your own tile, Um, cement tile. So they approached me. Which was awesome. Again, they approached you because they saw you talking about the run room challenge. It's just the PR representer representative knew me through town. She was local. Like they had a PR team that works all over. So oh one of the God. team members is local to Sacramento. Just I don't know. It's just like I didn't know that they were connected. Yeah. So it That's was, an incredible one. That's so good. And they started doing this like breeze block line. So they knew that I had breeze block in my house and would I ever want to collaborate? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, 
Pretty well. So, but then I had like an ugly shower situation that my option was I didn't have the money to rip out and retile the whole shower. So my option was to not photograph it, which is an option. <laughs> Pull a little drape over it. Yep. But then I started researching resurfacing oh, and it was like a good candidate for it. So I reached out to my local miracle method. I'd heard good things about them and they said yes right away. Like it was amazing. Oh my God. That's, That's awesome. Like- and I'm going to tag them in this too so that they even get more. Who else sponsored you? We'll tag them um, when I post this as well. So Milton- they can get a little more love. Milton- yeah, Milton and King wallpaper. was your wallpaper, right? Yep. Palm wallpaper. Springs wallpaper. It's so cute. So cute. I, that was the first wallpaper job we had done. Um, oh, Jennifer Prinshaw. Yeah, and they gave me some prints. Love. And what's Tidy Revival? She's an organizer that I know here. So she's helping me kind of organize because we did that mudroom area and the laundry. Mm. So we had to postpone our meeting, but she's coming in the next week or so to like make sure all the flow of everything is right and that the spots work really hard for our family. I love it. The one room challenge stuff is it definitely has pushed my business the most um, from like the quote unquote influencer side and the interior design. I've gotten clients from it because people watch people call it like, Oh, I saw you on your show. Like you should totally do it. It's like your HGTV hosting your own show. Yeah. On your stories and stuff you mean? Yeah. I mean, you kind of did it with your remodel, but like, if you can like tell like a full narrative and a story, people are like, they're about that, eh? You you also said something interesting to me over, and I'm curious for you to elaborate on this a little bit. I forget what it was. It was about the sponsorship. And then you said something like, it's just like, you want to, you want to think about your brand and like, I forget what you said. It was kind of like, okay, if you start doing this sponsorship type stuff, right? Around your own house. And it was like, you know, come up with your own Instagram hashtag. You're like, it's a very different, um, you said something like it was different because you might attract a different type of clientele. Like it's something to think about because, you know, the stuff that you're doing in your house, for example, or my house might be not like super high budget, um, which might be the ideal client I'm looking for. And I'm curious, like, what's your thoughts been on that? Yeah, there's definitely a strategy. So being like a design blogger, whatever, you have to make it your stuff purchasable. So it's got to be retail. It's got to be something that people can get their hands on um, to be successful, right? Like people, if you're the DIY kind of person. So it is a different strategy versus like who I'm selling full service design to. Yeah. Because I'm not going to give away my sources for that. And it's supposed to be a little bit unapproachable like that's why you want to hire a designer Mm -hmm. so to me I've like segmented it so but that's where my DIY consultations I think I really sell them a lot because of that design bloggy thing Mm -hmm. so that's kind of where I've landed to where one room challenge and 
doing more of the like influencer stuff feeds my DIY consultations. And I do like the idea of upping the value of those. Mm -hmm. And so that segment is for people who can't afford full service, but then there's going to be people who have the money for full service and will inquire. And that's what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, that was, when you said that to me, I don't remember how long ago that was. It really got me going, huh, okay, I really do need to think about this. Like, you know, what you do on Instagram definitely impacts like what you attract, right? And, you know, making sure um, being smart about it. Yeah, you have to know what you're doing. So Jenny Commenda, you know, Juniper Print Shop. Yeah, okay, yeah. She talks a lot about this. So she's had a few kind of in the last couple of months not rants, but pretty big like conversations around design blogging versus designer. And she Mm -hmm. made a choice to move away from clients. And be a uh, blogger more? Blogger and well, product. So Juniper. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Also, I was, I don't know where I read, saw, but um, Emily Henderson, Mm -hmm. who, um, she made a conscious shift in her business and I don't remember the specifics, but she works less with clients now and she's more doing like influencer brand stuff. So she like, I don't know the specifics, but it's like, and I'm very intrigued by this shift and I'm like, she is onto something, but I mean, obviously you need that audience to make that super profitable, but it's because that's the thing I'm like, you know, you run into these crazy things that happen, right? Like my experience with the holiday decor and like, just, just, it's stressful. It's just really stressful business. It's like, sometimes I, you know, I, I'm more excited when I'm styling my own shelves because I'm doing it exactly how I want, or I get to do things on my terms, which is quite fulfilling. Um, and then sometimes you work with clients who don't always give you the opportunity. Like they don't see what you're seeing or understand and don't let you do it. And it's just, I just, I'm very intrigued by her conscious decision to make that shift and work less with like on, on a client basis. And that's how Jenny Commenda was too. Her whole thing. She has a um, few, I think they're probably saved in her highlights about. Okay. Um, I want to take a look at that. Moving away from client work and why, and just a better, a better expressed version of what I'm talking about yeah um and sure like I would love to not work with clients I guess like or work with clients who say have at her right do what you want here's your budget or just work on my house full-time yeah but I I don't have the following for it I don't know if it's possible to get it anymore I know right that's the other Um, thing I actually think that we should say that again, because I think there's a lot, I think that's a very important aspect to like, I talk about e-design businesses. Like, you know, when you start talking about like selling a smaller price point item, quantity is important. And like how much you can sell if if you care at all about making a sustainable business or meeting a, like if you don't care about how much money you make, then that's a different story. But people are always talking about starting this e-design business when they don't have a following or selling, having an online store or selling a product, but it's like, if that's a goal, that's great. But you gotta, you gotta, you need an audience. Like you have to have an audience. And the truth is, it's just not, it's not saying, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's going to take a lot longer than some of the people who luckily were early adopters and got in. Right. 
But that's also why, like, something like the One Room Challenge, it's yeah. built the audience. Like, yes, you have an amazing audience, like, for how short you've been doing this. And I think that's actually also really good advice, like, on how to build an audience. It's a great it's strategy. So me, like, I tell people, it's me in my, like, ultimate, like, prime time. Like, I'm working on my own house, my own yep. ideas, my own passion. I can make things happen in my own time. And it comes through. Yeah. I'm not wearing makeup. I look like a hot mess most of the time during those stories, but yeah. I'm telling real stories because I'm not worried about anyone's privacy. It's my own yeah. issues. Um, and that authentic engagement is what comes through and people tell me that all the time. Absolutely. It's harder to do with client work. Like I'm not going to go in and complain about things in a client's home or stuff that's going wrong, like on public social media, like I can't. Exactly. So it's different. So it doesn't come across the same. So that's why the one room challenge is so awesome. Cause I kind of get these like bursts of me working on my own project. Like you were saying, like the creative freedom in it, but also like the expression and the connection that comes with it too. Oh my God. I know. I agree with that so much. Like it's, it is, it's a lot. I, sometimes I wish I could have, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. So he just has a dude like that, like his job is to just video him everywhere. Right. <laughs> like sometimes I feel like it would be amazing to just have like a person who could be doing that so that you could be more, because sometimes you're like installation on a client's house. If they're cool with me taking video, I would, but you get so busy doing your thing that it never happens. Yeah. And then I have an assistant. I'm like, okay, if, you know, take video, but you, they get so busy. And then you just, we become so busy. And my stories are like, for me, it's like, oh, I'm super active. Nope, not active at all. Super active, which I think sometimes is a good thing, but. Yeah, no, I do it too. And you have to be telling, like, you have to have the story because if you just, there has to be a narrative behind stories, I think, for people to really be engaged. Because if you just be like, or have like a one-off shot of a pile of boxes, no one knows what you're talking about. Like, there's no context to it. So when there's things like the One Room Challenge where there's a start to finish renovation narrative. The payoff, yeah. I'm home the whole time. Like I'm not running around. Like this time I did this full, like I did like a self-care blog post. It's actually a downloadable PDF. If anyone has a project or challenge coming up, it's kind of this one page commitment to taking care of yourself and your family. How do people Um, find that? On studioplum.com self-care I think if you just google that you should find it check it make sure self-care so yeah go check it out peeps um and you so like this time I made a plan sorry you'll tell us um it was just like how do we prepare for this I said no to any extracurricular activities that were not Halloween and my mom's birthday like I wrote the things that I knew had to happen yeah everything else I said no to so no one would be mad at me for being a flake or me over committing and feeling extra stressed yeah we needed to create meal plans so we were fed like just the things to just like I knew it was going to be intense for six weeks it always is so yeah. plan for it 
Which okay, so you're gonna give us the link later, and I'll make sure it's in the show notes for people um, when once you figure that one out. Okay, well, why don't you tell everybody where they can go follow you? And have you? Let me see. I'm going to your Instagram really quick. Cause how? Yeah, you're gonna. Okay, go follow her on Instagram. Let's get her to friggin' 10k. Let's get her that swipe Come up. On, I need that swipe up, uh, right? <laughs> um, yeah, tell everybody where they can follow you so that we can get you there. I mean, I am not gonna claim I have enough friggin' listeners to get you there, but I'll get you a few others. You've hopefully. got a good audience. Um, Studio Plumba, P L U M B dot com, and Studio Plum is my Instagram. I love it. I was so excited to talk to you. I know. It's good to connect. Talking to like an old friend and I just feel you. I just feel you. I know it. I just love talking to her so much. I just, I feel like she is just very in tune with herself and she's always just speaking to my core. I'll tell you what, I went to look up more information on the Tubang Magnetic Program and um, she's got a an amazing, an amazing uh, Instagram page. Like the quotes she posts are just freaking. They get you at your core. And um, it's just a very interesting program about manifesting because it's it's very much about I've been listening to a podcast at the same uh, her name is Lacey Phillips, and I've been listening to her podcast, and she talks a lot about how her manifestation manifesting programs or whatever process is different because it's not just at the end of the day, you could say, I want $10,000 till you're blue in the face. But if you don't believe it at your core, then it's never going to happen. So she really talks about being able to help people just feel worthy. And I just, was good stuff, guys. Uh, I might be looking into that because that's, there's something to that, I think, but Thank you so much to Rebecca. I mean, so many amazing nuggets there. I mean, solo retreat, lots of great stuff about the the one room challenge. I'm really thinking I want to do it this year. And um, yeah, just lots of stuff to think about, about who you want. Like when you're early in your business and you're trying to figure out what's right for you, there's just, there's so much digging deep that needs to be done for us to really make sure that we're just building a business that makes us happy and excited. So guys, with that... Do you know what time it is? It's time to rant. Okay, Michelle. So here is my rant. Um, I'm really happy to share this with you because I think that you as well as uh, our fellow designers who are listening can appreciate the annoying aspect of what I'm about to rant about. But uh, here it goes. So about a month ago, I received a text message from um, a woman who was in my area, said that she received my um, contact info from a past client and that she was looking to set up a consult for a upcoming main floor kitchen reno. Um, she needed help with the layout and selections and, um, yeah, so she wanted to set something up. My response to her was, okay, sounds great. I would love to meet and discuss your project. Um, can you please send me your email? I will follow up in an email 
regarding um, my outline of how the process works and fees involved. Great. She sent me her email. Uh, I did not get to writing her an email um, until I think the next morning. But in that time, she had sent me images of what she was looking for, text after text, screenshots. Um, this is before she had even, you know, signed me on to work with her. Um, this was just following the initial texts. Anyways, so I followed up the next morning um, with an email saying, okay, great. Thanks for, you know, contacting me. Here's a PDF document that outlines my fees, um, the process and how everything works. Within five minutes, I get a text message from her saying, just received your email. I see that there's a fee associated with your initial in-home consult. You did not tell me this over text message. Um, I feel misled and um, I don't think that, um, you know, I'll want to proceed any further with, um, you know, working with you because I have already contacted another designer and she doesn't charge an in-home consult fee. My response was, okay, you know, no problem. I understand if you don't want to pay the fee, I'm sorry, but that's just how I run my business. Anyways, uh, things were left as that, like that, and I thought that was the last I would hear from her. Well, the next day I get another text message, a screenshot of an image from my own Instagram page saying, I really love these floors that you used. Can you tell me the name and the make of them? I thought, okay, this is weird. You're not even going to pay for an in-home consult, but now you're asking me details on a past project. So being the nice girl I am, I did text her the name of the floor and the manufacturer. I thought, you know what, why not? Who knows? She might you know, pass my name on to someone else. It could turn into something in the future. Who knows? Then... Again, I thought that's the last I would hear from her. Later that day, I get another text message saying, Hi, Hillary. Um, I'm going to be in your area of your office, wondering if I could stop by and pick up a sample of that flooring that you used in your past project that I saw on Instagram. Then I got you know, super annoyed. I was annoyed to begin with, with the initial text messages, the constant screenshots, the questions for the flooring. But now this woman is asking to just pop by my office and pick up a sample. And she didn't even want to pay a consult fee. Anyways, Michelle, I never answered her. I was so annoyed. I... I couldn't bring myself to answer her. I didn't want to waste my time. I didn't want her to occupy any of my headspace. So with that, she did text me again the following day saying, Hillary, wondering if you got my last text message. Um, and then I just said to her, listen, you did not want to engage with me based on the fees that I presented to you. I'm sorry, but I'm not willing to provide you with that sample. Anyways, that was the last I heard from her. But I mean, can you believe it? That is 
oh, I, it's ridiculous. I, I cannot believe how some people think that that is okay. Anyways, Michelle, thanks for listening. I am feeling so much better getting this off of my chest. And I hope that you can appreciate the way that this little episode made my blood boil. Thanks. Love your podcast. Well, that was a really good one. And I'm not going to say who submitted it because she didn't say it in a recording. And we're going to keep it anonymous. But that was glorious. That was just pure Real Talk Rant perfection. So guys, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe, or if you haven't yet, please leave a review. It helps the podcast grow. It helps me get great guests. And if you're not already a part of the Facebook group, go to Real Talk Design, search for Real Talk Design uh, in Facebook, and you can request access by filling out the questions. Please fill out the questions. I will not accept you unless I can confirm that you are in fact a designer. And yeah, I will see you guys next week. And by see, I mean... Talk to you. Bye.